Welcome to the Geek Teak Podcast, where I don't have an intro this week. It's been a busy week. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. The P, we're people people. We are, okay, that, sure, that can be our intro. Um, we want to talk about online communities. So that's what we're going to do here for our main topic, because we started talking about doing just like a geekery catch-up episode, and then once we lo- started looking through all the things we wanted to talk about, there was kind of a through line that we put together between all these disparate things, and it's like all of these are related to online communities. So this is kind of an online community check-in, the way we're feeling about it, the things we've seen as of right now, 2018. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah, that, that pretty much sums it up uh i know we've talked about it a little bit in the past with what we've done and what brought us here why we started the podcast how we met that kind of thing but we haven't really talked about what what's going on right now that we're involved in a lot of different a lot of different communities and how these have changed over the years because i know that we use them differently than we used to even though if the platform or community itself hasn't changed yeah no that's a really good way to put it um should we just start diving into platforms or like did you want to give an overview of how you felt about all of these kind of in total in the past i don't know either way that works for you mr host man <laughs> well i mean i guess i i have uh, okay broad strokes here i have less time now to interact with communities than i used to and a right. lot of it is due to the nature of just my life which is fine like i i don't regret it like but family especially kids my age take a lot of time um, and it's different from when they were babies. Like in a way, I have more time, but in a way, I also have less time because you actually can like interact with them as people because they're kids yeah. instead of babies that are just like, it's kind of like a dog, only some ways easier and some ways harder. <laughs> Honestly, it's yeah. I mean, oh, oh no, I understand completely. Yeah. Well, I understand from the outside per- outside person who has a dog. Well, <laughs> and then the other part is just my job. Like my job has changed a few times since we started the podcast and. I really, really like my current job, but because of the nature of my job and the nature of my company, without getting too specific, um, it just it takes up a lot of my attention, a lot of my mental power, a lot of my like you know just ram cycles in my head basically, and a lot of time in my week. Like I used to have more time in between tasks, both when I was a freelancer and when I was like a lower level employee at past jobs, right. where. I would do a task and then I would take a little mental break, you know, whether it's like five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes on Twitter or play a game on my phone or um, check Feedly or like jump on Reddit, like something, you know, like I always felt like that was a good way to do it when I just had a huge list of work that I had to get through. And now that I'm management and I'm in a, a company that was small when I joined it now is kind of medium, but either way, we're a rapidly growing company and I'm in management. And so I have to like, strategize and think and plan and that takes a lot of time and a lot of brain power i can't really zone out to do my work in the ways that i used to um right whereas like i can do a video edit on autopilot especially once you get into a formula of something you know like we used to do a series of videos on a topic for a client like oh, yeah there's a lot of zoning out that can happen there and still make a good product same thing i mean development I always found like when I was a full-time developer, it was good to work in like, uh, not fits and starts, but like really intense focused bursts of energy and then a mental break. And that always got me the best results as a developer. Um, and then, you know, as a freelancer, there's so much variability there that there's always some time to like, you know, take a little bit of time, take care of yourself and like just kind of mental break throughout the day. I don't really do that. Like, um, I just sat down to record this podcast and it is 545 ish. Um, and I stood up for the first time, 
uh, at like, I stood up to walk out the door to start like my work day and like get my brain in work mode at around like six this morning, 6 a.m. And this is the first time that I have had any time to do anything except be working. And sometimes that's the nature of my job right now. And like, I knew what I signed up for and I love it because it's a challenge. It's a growing company, but uh, being in management in a growing company is, it's a very particular thing and you have to be okay with that when you join and i am but it just takes up a lot of time you know and see mine is the exact opposite of that because when i was teaching i had to be pretty much there all the time i could occasionally grab my phone or something like that and be on twitter but i i wasn't able to invest anything i was either driving the at the 30 to 90 minutes to to work uh, where i you know would I got on there way more than I should have, but I couldn't really become invested in anything while I'm driving that long. Um, or I was interacting with students and teaching and, you know, going around the resource center and administrating and all this. So I wasn't able to like constantly keep things open. And I started freelancing and I was able to start doing that. And now, you know, I'm full time, but I'm still working from home with that same kind of, of home base with my, with my desks and everything where I can keep uh, Twitter and Discord and Slack up all this at the same time on a monitor and just kind of have my feed come through and just kind of check it as I'm working. Like you said, with those mental, those, those have the mental focus for a while, then I can take a break. And really, I'm doing a lot of that more often, where for me, I feel like finally I'm in a mental place where I can actually become involved in some of these communities a lot more than I have been, as opposed to being the guy who comes in in the early morning or before bed to say a few things, talk to a few people, and then leave again. I feel like I can finally be a, make myself a presence where I want to be and, and make those relationships like I used to be able to, like on forums or on Twitter or blog comments or whatever like that. I can finally do that again because I'm in one spot without constantly having a million things thrown at me because I have that structure of just being, of being the ordinary employee as opposed to being the administrator and the person in control and i like this a lot better actually yeah and like i you and i have basically switched places mm -hmm. in the last year i mean different industry different uh, situation but like in terms of that you know where yeah. we're at in the hierarchy and how much time we have during the day and how our day gets shaped you and i have flopped on that in the last yep. year and a half here and it's really interesting because like when I was in that position and we're kind of tangent to go on to like a work topic, so I won't go too far. But when I was in that position of being a lower level employee, I always felt just like my hands were tied behind my back. Like I saw things that could be better. I saw strategies we could employ. I saw whole initiatives that we could do. And like I, my mind works on systems and problems and I can't yep. help that. So to be able to see all of these things that I was like, I wish someone would change this or I wish someone would address this or someone should tackle this because it would be really useful. And to not be able to act on those, that right. drove me crazy. That made me disconnect as an employee. And now okay. every time I see something that can be done, I have enough power to either do it or put my team on it, or I can do it myself, or spin it up as a project, or talk to another department head about it and be like, why aren't you doing this? Or have you thought about X, Y, Z? Um, you know, things like that. Like, I'm in a position where I can actually make meaningful changes. And I feel like 
I've been wanting to get here my entire career, so it's really fun for me. It just takes a lot of time during the week. Because it's your real life, obviously, that is far more important. This is your career, what you've been working toward. But I know that for you, it's taken a little bit of adjustment to do this because you are online a lot. That has been a big portion of your hobby, of your free time, of your social interaction for a for a very long time. Where like I know that you, for a very long time and don't now used to read every single tweet by every single person that you followed. And so not having the time to do that anymore is something that uh, that I'm assuming would probably take a lot of of discipline and changing the routine kind of slowly. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, what. No, no, that's a, I mean, it's a good transition point because like we want to talk about Twitter first anyway. And my, the biggest change for me in Twitter is that my general approach has had change. And you're right. It took me a while to make the mental shift because I was a completion for a really long time. I read absolutely everything through my Twitter feed, and I don't do that anymore. I don't do anything close to that. I use it more like what I think like a quote-unquote normal person does, where they just kind of <laughs> check in every while, once in a while. Maybe right. Twitter will push like, we think these 10 things are most relevant to you that you missed in the last 12 hours. That's how I interact with it. Um, it's still a really good way to reach me if you don't know me personally, because I will respond to notifications and I keep an eye on all the notifications that come through. But the day-to-day -day Twitter feed, I just don't keep up with. Some days I'm able to. Um, some days I can take those little breaks that I talked about throughout my workday, but it's rare now. So a couple things that I did was I turned off retweets from a lot of people. Um, and this kind of yeah. goes into one of the reasons I started backing off from Twitter anyway, was that like there's just too much bad news and there's too much outrage and it's changing nothing right now. And I just can't deal with that. It's like, it's an emotional stress that I can't add to my life right now. And it's not bad because there are things to be outraged about. Like I don't, you know, I don't want anybody to not be outraged just so I can have like a pretty Twitter timeline or a happy <laughs> one. Um, so it's not on other people. It's on me to like weed through my Twitter and who I'm following yes. and what retweets. So I turned off a lot of retweets because people who historically would never touch politics now do. And exactly. People yes. just like retweet politics all the time. You mentioned something about this too, right? Yeah, I mean, this is one of the things that made us start really looking at this topic for the people who were out there, because this was kind of an after-the-episode discussion that we were just having between us. And I've started using the mute keywords feature because of this, because Twitter is my place where I go to unwind. When I have just a few minutes and I need just mindless scrolling time, I do that on Twitter as opposed to Facebook or anywhere else, because I'm following video game people, I'm following running people, I'm following these things that make me happy. And so when my video game people start tweeting about politics and being outraged, it makes me outraged. It makes me really get get upset because that's what I use Facebook for whenever I need to have a real discussion about things, which is very, very rare that I want to even engage on those topics online. But on Twitter, that is, that is what the platform is for, yes, but it's not what I use it for. And so I've started, I haven't turned off retweets. I just went through and 
made sure that I muted different keywords that were in roughly all of the the buzzwords, really, that were in all of the tweets and retweets that I hated. That way, I didn't have to, I didn't miss pertinent retweets from people say uh, when I want to enter whatever the next Funko uh, contest is, but I will miss anything that's going on about the world burning around me. And that's not me wanting to stick my head in the sand. It's me wanting to use this tool in a certain way and then engage with those topics elsewhere. And so yeah. for Twitter, for me, I want to use it for my fun people. I want to talk to people. I, I don't want to use it for terribly serious things. That is honestly for work and for uh, for play and for fitness. And I don't engage in anything else there, really. Well, and like, so the reason I did my approach and I turned off retweets is that a lot of the people I follow just whenever they tweet, they're usually talking about the things that I'm following them for or I'm interested in or I'm invested in like their life or them as a person. But retweeting is such a low effort thing to do. And I found that a lot of those people will be like retweeting politics, but not actually tweeting about politics a lot. Uh, okay. But the flip side is, if anybody that I'm following is actually talking about politics and they are the one typing out the words, it's usually something I care about. Like, there's a big difference there between hitting a retweet button and me seeing, okay, well, this person obviously follows these five pundits because I see them retweet them all day, every day, you know? Right. And it's like, I'm not following those people for a reason. But if that same person feels like personally affected by something going on, I care about the people that I'm following and I want to hear about that. So I don't want to mute the words because it would lose that part. I totally see that. That's one thing I actually didn't consider when doing that because I have gotten to know a lot of people really on a personal level on Twitter that I didn't even consider things like that, that the the effect of their not necessarily their outrage, but their, their, like you said, how it affects them and what's going on with them on a personal level. Yeah, and I mean, there's a difference about being, uh, I don't know, just enraged by proxy and having <laughs> yeah. something personally happen in your life where you see the effect. And I want that personal one. Like if somebody, I don't want it to happen to anybody, but if it is happening to somebody that I'm following, like I want to hear about that. I don't need the high level stuff. Like I, I don't want the constant barrage of daily horse race politics. I just can't yeah, for my mental health right now. Exactly. It, it sets off my anxiety. It really makes my heart rate and blood pressure spike just seeing the headlines. And because I know that's the kind of thing that triggers me, I've, I've worked with my counselor on that. So for me, just not being able to see them, helps a great deal and i can actually engage later on a personal level on one-to-one -one without like you said those horse race politics that 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 uh, uh fire hose of of just constant chatter well and one of the things too is like even if i was super engaged with all of the day-to-day -day, which i've done that at times mm -hmm. followed all the politics like just because i feel like i need to know what's going on because it's like a civic duty or something um there's nothing i can do about it and I mean, that's, that's right. very overbroad. I should probably state that differently. There's, with my current time, free time, there's not a whole lot I can do besides donate money to causes that I care about that will fight on my behalf or fight for people that I care about. So that's yes, what I true. do, right? Like I have recurring donations set up to a couple organizations that I'm like, yeah, I want these funded. I want people out there fighting this all day, every day. But I have like, 
if I have free time, I got to spend it with my kids or like just decompressing from what I'm doing. And I don't have that much free time to start with because of my job. So like, okay, if I was fully engaged with every political story, what could I do to change things in the world that I'm not doing right now? Basically nothing. I mean, I vote and I, I donate to causes I care about. And that's that's kind of the extent of what I can do right now. And right and because that's what you can do. I mean, that's, you know, not to even get political. That is how you're spending that time. That is what you can do to effectively use and place yourself within those communities. And that's all that can be asked of you. I mean, there's a difference in internet activism with, you know, quotes around it and doing what you can. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Twitter, I'm less connected to, but still, right. like, if you guys want to reach out because you want to talk to one of us, um, that's still the best place to get me because I do check all my notifications, even if I'm not checking yep. my timeline anymore. Yeah, exactly. I'm always on there, like, talking to people, and a lot of times I'll get on and be able to stay in my notifications tab basically the entire time without getting into my news feed very much at all because I basically do use those, like you said earlier, the, hey, you might like these tweets, but that will spark. I'm like, oh, yes, I do, Twitter. And then that will spark a discussion with somebody about it, and I'll just stay talking with them back and forth, and then somebody else will jump in and all of that, where I'm using Twitter as a discussion tool like I like without having any of the things that I don't like involved. So um, that's where I am. Yeah, if you need, if you ever want to talk to me, I'm on Twitter. I still look at every single notification I get unless there's just a deluge that I accidentally miss one. Yeah, Um. so with that, let's jump over to Reddit because I know you want to talk <laughs> about Reddit. Do you want to oh, do man. overview because you had some thoughts? Reddit is something that we have talked about and that I have tried over and over and over again. And while I do like reddit more than i ever have i still can't make myself get on reddit reddit is one of those things where i did what you told me i i listened to you and i unsubscribed from every one of the default subreddits the ones that when you make the account that are all across your top bar i just went through clicked every one of them and unsubscribed because they are terrible and no one should be in there other than who is in there and just leave them alone and i went and found the subreddits that i like i found things like slash r slash patient gamers or you know r slash geek to geek cast and i found all of these with running and running lifestyle and places that i like and people and having that have good discussions and interesting threads and i still don't check it i still don't engage on there because i think for me it's that the way that it is it's set up as a forum and and it's it's just a message board i mean that is essentially what it is you share links or you write posts and then you have threads of comments where it's essentially a message board a bulletin board whatever you want to call it from back in the day and i think for me it is that I had to do very deliberate work to pull myself away from forums-based communities that I had a very toxic relationship with them. Uh, it made me a, a terrible internet troll, first of all. It spiked my anger in real life and made me unhappy. Like There was a lot going on when I spent a lot of my time on, on forums specifically, so I did a lot of work to pull myself back from that. And when I get on Reddit, it really is. I see something, and it's like somebody on the internet is wrong, and I have to make sure that they 
know how wrong they are. And it's just a trigger for me where the only time I get on Reddit nowadays is when someone mentions me. If like you or, or Capsule J or someone else does the slash you slash Professor Beach, I'm there. I get a notification. I at least look at it and try to respond, but I don't just sit and read anything. And I don't have Reddit to give me any kind of like updates and notifications for any any particular subs that I'm looking at. And part of the reason that I, I don't want to even try to find any more communities or do it is because there's so much vitriol out there. There's so much drama and toxicity within just all of Reddit. And and I say all of Reddit in the 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 generalized stereotypical uh, uh, kind of of collective look at the platform. But like I know recently there's been a lot of drama with like the whole Guild Wars 2 harassment and firing thing that came from Reddit. There's been a start startup shutdown startup kind of thing of the one of the Gamergate subs. And it's just been there's so much stuff that goes on negatively with Reddit that I don't even want to find the good parts of it that I know that it's there. I know that we are part of it with our sub. We have good people there. But for me, it's just that platform is is on the border of something that I know is a is a very small step for me to go down the rabbit hole in a lot of negative ways. So I would argue a bunch of your points, but I think the biggest difference is probably just that like I don't have the same forum hangups you do. And a right. lot of it is going to come down to that. So keep that in mind. But um, like you said, and I give this advice every time we talk about Reddit because it's in- extremely important. Listen to me. Unsubscribe from all the default subreddits. If you are using Reddit without an account, you I don't know why you would ever do that. You're just like <laughs> killing yourself. Like nobody deserves that. Um, don't do that to yourself. Make an account if you're actually going to use Reddit so that you can unsubscribe from every default Reddit. You don't want to be in those subreddits. And the thing is, I love Reddit for what it is because I've customized it with all of the subreddits that I actually enjoy. And if I don't enjoy one, I unsubscribe. And it's super easy. Um, One of the things I never really engaged with forums because of was the fact that I hated making a new account and making a new profile and then reestablishing yourself on the platform. Uh. Reddit, you just make it once and you can pop in and out of all of these different communities. But the thing is, Reddit is not a community. And I think this is where like the average layperson might go wrong with it is like if you are reading about it from the outside, Reddit's not a community. Reddit is a platform. And just like other platforms out there, there are pockets of bad and there are pockets of good. Um, The subreddits, those are communities. So you need to pick and choose which subreddits you want to like subscribe to essentially and by doing that you're picking the communities that you're part of and it's very easy to just unsubscribe from one if you're not feeling it and i've done that many times over the years i'll hop in and out of it with that being said like each subreddit is its own community and i've found them over time but just hearing you talk about it i wonder how approachable it is as a platform right now because i've been on reddit for like seven years at this point so right I've had time to weed out the things I don't like and add the things I do like and like hunt down these little niche subreddits that are interesting to me. Um, I don't know how it would be for a first time user. I'm actually really curious about that. 
it's pretty intimidating, honestly. And I've been on and off of the platform for years and years, but never really, you know, getting into it. And still, about the only time I go, like I said, is for mentions or when I'm doing research or or just looking around and I see the best subreddits in X topic that I'll go take a look and see what's being said there, where it really is just hopping into that community and seeing if it's worth my time to subscribe to it or, you know, what kind of information has popped up. The only positive that I really, truly think is in Reddit's favor for me personally is that because of the way the the, the structure of the website works, the, the they get search indexed really easily. And because of the number of users across the entire platform, there are a lot of really good answers to pretty much every question out there that somebody has answered and it's indexed because of Reddit. And so I get a lot of really good answers and pointing me in good directions to springboard off of because of Reddit. So I will say that I like being a lurker on Reddit and really, like you said, the layperson who comes in, but I don't think I could ever be a full-on Redditor despite you know having having one for the podcast and having the app and and knowing in i know just enough about it to know that i don't want to be a full part of it yeah and you know i'm more of a lurker than i am anything else on there too i don't know if i consider myself like a full like redditor um or not even though i've been on there for seven years and i check it almost daily it's just kind of it's the front page of the internet, right? That's the way they build themselves. That's honestly how I treat that platform. If I don't know what I'm going to do online and I just want to putz around for a few minutes, I open up Reddit. Like that's my default. Um, oh man. And that's great for me because I've weeded right. out all the things I hate on there. It's like, yeah, just show me whatever's top for the day. Show me the best post for the day. Sort by top for the week, whatever. Like I'll find something I'm interested in and that's perfect. But your mileage may vary and probably will vary a lot. So let's talk about Slack because- all right. I think Slack is probably my favorite platform for online communities right now. And it's really good. A lot of people use it for work. I have never used it for work and I don't have an intention to, even though I'm sure it would be fine. Um, a lot of people use it for not work too. And Do you not use it for work now? No, I've never used it for work. Oh, I thought you used it for work now as well. That was, okay. No. I really did. Nope, nope, I have no need. Um, but I like it because it's kind of the... <laughs> How do I even say it? It's where I get the best random conversations with people on the internet now. Um, yeah, and I guess it, I see that. It's like everybody that's in a Slack that I'm in is somebody that I legitimately care about. And it's like a self-selected, very tight-knit online community. And if, yes. if a Slack is not that, I am not involved with it, basically. So I read everything that goes through every single one of my slacks in every channel that i'm in um and that's the only platform i do that for anymore which probably says a lot about it and i don't read i'm involved in a lot of different slacks myself and i feel pretty much the exact same way you do except there are a couple of them that i'm in that are regional like i have a a whole it's called uh, tech 256 which is our area code it's an entire north alabama developers slack where i don't read everything on all of that because i'm not a python guy or or in, into javascript or anything like that but i will read pretty much everything within the topics and the channels that i'm interested in that i have a part in and um 
that that's that's the same way it is. Like I, any of the others that I'm a part of, I read every message that comes through. That I look, I don't even have notifications on a lot of them because I just keep it up because I do use it for work. So I've got it up for work anyway. So I'll see that there is a red dot beside a, a server. I click down and see, oh, uh, Bama Shocks has said something on Slack here, and uh, I can get into a conversation with him. And so that's that's what Slack is great for for me because it is like you I'm pretty much a completionist using Slack because I like talking to people and Slack lets me just straight up talk to people it doesn't yeah. have any of the uh I want to say accoutrement it doesn't have any of the other frills that come along with any of the others it's like there's no timeline there's no status updates it's like let's talk and I like that so I always think of it as it is the modern iteration of an internet chat room yeah. So, like, we used to have these in, like, you know, the AIM days, like, when we were doing, like, just it's IRC. Yeah, and IRC, that's the other one I was going to say. Um, it reminds me of those two in a really interesting way. Like, it's, we had these, like, narrow, not even narrow, but, like, small group culture on the internet when the internet was just first coming into being. And I always think of, like, IRC and AIM and stuff for those and these chat rooms that you were a part of and you learned who was in that community in those chat rooms, right? And then... Over time, the internet expanded, more people got it, social media came around and went, it, everyone kind of went, oh, we can connect with everybody on the internet, it would right. be amazing. And it was amazing for a short time, and then we realized <laughs> that we don't actually want to communicate with everybody on the internet, and now everybody has a platform. And so in 2018, right now, you know, checking in on online communities, it's kind of a disaster. And that's how every social media platform feels to me, no matter like yes. how good it is, it's a disaster in one way or another, and I could talk about that all day, so I'm not going to tangent myself there, but Slack isn't that. Slack is, for the most part, invite-only, and it's like small, tight-knit communities, and they're pretty heavily moderated, and I think that makes a huge difference. And it does, and you know, I was even thinking, as you were saying that, that uh, of the... the the social media has become where, like you said, we can connect with everybody. And even the new versions of social media apps, these startups that whether or not people will ever adopt them or not, like Vero and and Mammoth, they are working, like you said, in to bring them back into these smaller communities that are tightly knit, that are almost like families, where you can get to know people on an individual level as opposed to having someone that you're like Twitter originally was was shouting out into the night you know telling the world that you're sitting on the toilet that uh, you're having a sandwich for lunch whatever it is that it's changed so much from that into where we're moving back into those irc channels we're now in slack channels or something along those lines where you know i like us and the geek to geek uh, and the geek to geek slack where I've gotten to know a lot of people on there who even on Twitter, I wouldn't have been able to interact with in such an immediate way that even the, the quickness of Twitter isn't the same as having a, a text chat channel in real time that also archives your posts that you can see without having to be there in real time. Well, and the nature of social media is that you are broadcasting and anytime right. you're broadcasting, it's a essentially performative and what i mean by that is yes. like 
you are putting on a performance for everyone all the time. That is there is just, a persona no matter is. what. There's a persona no matter what. And that is what those platforms are built for. And if, if that's what you want, that's fine. But if you want a conversation, which I think more and more people are realizing that's what they actually wanted instead of what they got, yes. um, the places for that are not social media. Social, social media is not good for having conversations. Um, but Slack, Slack is like where I have most of my online conversations these days. And I love the right now I'm the two slacks that I'm completionist with like I love those those are my favorite place to have conversations on the internet no question I like having conversations there and I mean to to tie right into the next one is discord I've only recently really started getting into discord over the last couple of weeks and it when we started ours for the network here um, at discord.geek2geekcast.com uh, or slack.geek2geekcast.com but um, I've only been getting into it but I like it because there are a lot of established communities there but they're all around the same thing again they're smaller they are uh, generally gaming communities because discord is kind of like if slack and TeamSpeak had a baby where you could talk to everyone while uh, you're playing games and things like that so it's it's fantastic and I've really gotten to know some people this week specifically on on discord who I know I wouldn't have ever been able to interact act with well on Twitter or even Slack just because they were already a part of this community on Discord. And Discord to me it it doesn't fit with my life very well. I know that it has like the text portion just like Slack does, but I feel like Slack does that better. So that's where I do my text chatting. It um, feels to to me almost exactly the same now that I'm using it. It felt really different at first, and then over the last couple of weeks while I've been playing with this and having to do some for work because I wrote an article for it over it for work, um, and it it doesn't feel nearly as awkward now. Uh, there's something, there's just something inherent about Discord where it like feels like voice chat first because it is. I mean, that's why it was created, and voice chat in general doesn't fit with my life the amount of times i no. put on a headset and talk to somebody else on the internet outside of you and i recording this every week is oh man maybe twice a year maybe oh, I mean, i'm wow. trying to think about like the last 12 months and it's that that's about right yeah and that's like one night you know so like two nights out of 365 days in a year when i'm probably gaming almost every day um I just don't voice chat with people. And part of it is like, I play games with my free time, but I also like to be around my family with my free time. So a yeah. lot of the times I am playing games while I'm around my family during my free time due to the nature of the way that I've set up my house and my life and stuff. So my computer where I'm gaming is like in the central location in my open like kitchen, living room, dining room area downstairs so that I can be by my family. And okay. I don't want to voice chat when I'm there because then I'm closing myself off from my wife and my kids. Whereas right now, if I'm gaming and they need something or they just want to talk about their day or a subject, all I do is I take off my headphones and like they know they can talk to me while I'm in the middle of a game. It's no big deal. And I do that all the time. Um, so every time I choose to jump into a voice channel, it is cutting myself off from them in a way that I don't yeah. normally do. And I hate that feeling. And I haven't been using the voice chat at all. You and I are actually the only two who I've used voice chat with on Discord and everything else. That's interesting of, to me. All of the other channels, like I, other the four other Discord servers that I'm in, besides the one that you and I just personally share between the two of us for this, is 
all text chat where there are voice channels and i've literally over the last two weeks never seen anyone in any of them and it's all been topics based stuff like gaming or sharing your blogs or uh you know one has like a memes thing or a coding channel and like war games and stuff like that where it is it is just slack text channels and i think that this is a newer thing than you and i ever saw when discord was new when we started using discord like three years ago to record this podcast we hopped on discord and there were new discord communities and a lot of it really was people using it as straight up voice chat as a replacement for team speak or ventrilo or i don't know why i said it like that no or, but, i mean uh, that's why that's where it is in my mind too and it's probably i just need to like it has evolved the, yeah i should reevaluate the platform at some point and i mean that is and that is something Something that it that is brand new to me, which is why I'm saying this, uh, is because that was a revelation to me because I thought everyone hopped into Discord and they were all sitting in one giant voice channel, basically, or a couple of them playing World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy or Call of Duty and making sure like they were they were talking on their microphones. And I think that it's evolved to while it is that it has evolved to the point where it is not just that and i like where what i'm seeing so far it's not a uh i mean i may abandon this in another year any or month or anything like that but right now i'm enjoying discord as much as i enjoy slack which is saying a lot because i keep slack open pretty much all the time yeah that's huge i i should probably give it another shot for like the text angle at some point i mean now that we have one for the network i know i will it's just whenever i get time to mentally breathe which i haven't had for a few weeks here <laughs> due to yeah i'm not gonna go down that path i anyway. mean there's and I'm, I'm lucky because I'm just settling back into work after all of the family stuff with my mom being sick. So I'm getting a chance to reset up how I work and I'm just integrating one more thing onto my social monitor. And uh, so it's a lot easier for me to do. And that probably gets us to our last like main community that we wanted to talk about, which is blogging. And I know we talked about Bloggist last week. So we're going to talk about that again, which is one of the reasons we were thinking about this in the first place, because you and I both come from blogging. Like that is yes. how you and I met, which is crazy to think about. But it is. And we've talked about this before, but like if you haven't been a listener since the very beginning, blogging used to be a thing in a way that it isn't now. Blogging was no. a community and Google Reader made it a community in a way that no other platform has ever done for blogging. And so when Google killed Google Reader, it completely changed the landscape of blogging. And if you were not one of the active bloggers like we were, you would never have known that from the outside, no. which is why I always mention it to people because people are like, what do you even mean? Like, what? But that is the moment. Like anyone who was blogging before and after that, you can easily see that the death of Google Reader led to where blogs are right now and the fact that they don't exist in the same way that they used to. Yes, like straight up, like the is. that that, that is was the a inflection point right there. And while Feedly and like Eno Reader and a lot of others are out there and they are great pieces of software, the fact that Google Reader was a part of your Gmail account, that it was basically default, kind of like the podcast app being on your iPhone, it was it's it 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 destroyed everything. It was it, it, it. Nobody knew how to how to follow things anymore, and people who used it because it was default, they just didn't 
just uh, go add everything back again. So it's it's like those of us who were connected were already connected, but we lost a lot of readers and members of our community like that. That was kind of the reason that I ended up moving into geek fitness at that point from my old Professor Beege blog was because it was a I was going to have to start over anyway, so I might as well have had to do it and and just re refocus everything well and all of us are somewhat resistant to change it's just like human nature and whenever it comes to new technology new platforms new anything like there is a mental cost there there's a little bit of friction anytime you're going to do something new and move to a different platform and right when google reader was killed was around the time that social media was truly on the rise in a big way and People who had been holding out on moving to social media because they had this blogging community, if you pull the platform out from under people, they're going to go somewhere else. So it would be equivalent to right now if you decide, well, it's not because social media is so huge. But just as an example, it's like, what if you stop Twitter tomorrow, right? What would that do to everybody on Twitter? Instantly, there would be all of these people cut free. And a lot of them are just going to go try to find the next closest platform. And well, at the time, maybe it would be more like next... taking. It may be more like taking away hashtags. Like if you took away hashtags on Twitter yeah, maybe tomorrow, that's a idea. how would you would still have all of the original content out there? But how would you find it? Like you would not have trending hashtags anymore. You wouldn't be able to search by keywords. Like all of a sudden, you had your feeds, and that was it. Or, or here we go. What if, what if tomorrow on Twitter? They completely wiped out everyone that you have ever followed or who followed Hmm. you, and they reset it. Like, Oh, man. Maybe that's the best analogy. I know you and I are struggling to find an analogy here because it's been years since this happened. But, like, it it was a major platform shift in a way that just, like, I don't know. It it changed blogging, and it's never going to be what it was. No, and and it made us, you know, try so many different things as bloggers. And I really do think that the death of Google Reader and the... Just over the last couple of years, bringing podcasts and making it much more accessible for people and the way high speed Internet and letting everyone be able to do this has changed the way that people consume media, the how you how popular YouTube is, all of this and that all of it contributed to it. But I think a major part for people who were already invested in blogging was the death of Google Reader, like you said, where it may not have if that had kept going i think blogging would still be more of a thing but it would still obviously not be you know youtube or or podcast kind of thing but it's certainly not dead as it is but it is not at all what it used to be and it'll never be that because there's still not a good way to keep up with them well it, there's not the same way to keep up with them and there's also social media competing for attention but i mean that's kind of why bell belgas is doing bloggas this year is like to get more people back into it because people who are out there creating things are usually people that want to discuss those things like you wouldn't put it out there if you didn't want to have a conversation about it and that's maybe what you and i've been getting at throughout this whole like this whole talk is just that like we miss that actual genuine conversation on the internet with other people who aren't just inherently mean or enraged or all of (laughs) these things that you feel on all of the general platforms out there so 
Bloggist is a chance to, if you're a creator or you've ever wanted to be a creator, spin up a blog. And, you know, like I talked about last week, it can be a, a written blog like you typically think of, but you could do like a daily video diary recorded on YouTube and then just embed that and call that your blog. Or you could do a daily stream if you're already a streamer on Twitch or something and you're in our community. Like, spin up a blog really quick and just embed that every day. Like, it doesn't have to be yeah. something major. Um, it could even just be art. Like, if you're an artist and you do like one drawing every day or one painting every day snap a picture of it upload it to your blog things like that embed the instagram in a post that you have i mean if somebody doesn't use instagram there's a good chance that they will be able to still see that embed on your blog if you link it somewhere i mean just that kind of stuff so we asked belgast to do a promo for us to talk about it in his own words since we talked about it so much last week um do you have any intro for it? I haven't listened to it yet. I'm going to I'm going to listen to it when I edit it in right after this, but he pretty much sums it up. I mean, basically, he I asked him, I was like, "Hey, you want to do this promo? We talked a whole lot about it." And he was like, "Yeah, sure. Let me see what I can get." And this is what he came up with. Hey, folks, this is Belgast from the Tales of the Agronaut blog and AgriChat podcast. Back in 2013, I did this crazy little thing where I decided I was going to blog every single day come rain or shine. By the time 2014 had rolled around, I'd learned a lot about myself, and in August I decided to challenge other bloggers to take up this mantle of daily blogging. I'm taking bloggers into a new direction. If you've ever wanted to start a blog, now's the time. On July 25th, we're starting the initiative with a technical week talking about how to get started so that you can have a blog ready to go come August 1st. We're giving out awards to anyone who even starts, and I'm going to cheer just as hard for the people that have five posts in a month as the people that have 31 posts. Check out agronaut.com and click on the bloggers link in the sidebar. This has been Belgast, and hope to see you this month. And you see, that was what he came up with. <laughs> there you go. Um... We so thanks for doing that, Bell. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it really is. I, I appreciate that, and I like the fact that it doesn't have to be. I get overwhelmed by blogging challenges that are one month long, and you have to make sure that you make it every single day. And that's that. Not this. I like this as that he brought it together as a community. There is a bloggist Discord that that we're a part of, and um, like we're just talking a bunch in the in the in the server and. I like that it doesn't matter if you post once, like he said, once, five times, 31 times. It does not matter. You're a part of this community. You're creating something and, and you're making friends and you're you're becoming a part of the conversation. And that's what this is about, because for us, and I think I can speak for you, too, on this. The conversation was why we got into this community in the first place. Yes. No, you can speak for me. That's entirely true. Um, I should also mention that Belgast and a lot of the crew in one of my awesome slacks that I was talking about is on the AgroChat podcast. So you can find that on all the podcast places, just like us. Um, they're not a part of our network. I would love them to be, but they're part of another podcast network right now, which is fine. But the AgroChat podcast, um, I, I highly suggest checking that out. They talk for like an hour-ish, hour, hour and a half every week. And it's just a bunch of people talking about whatever for the week. It's mostly gaming and other tangential things like that. It's not all that dissimilar to the topics that you and I land on. So yeah, online communities uh, were already at 40 some minutes and we should probably jump to Geekery. So we had a couple other online communities that were kind of more Geekery related. So let's save those for a minute and get back to them. Um, 
really quick geeky offer of the week, you can go to gameflyoffer.com slash geek and get a free one month trial on us. It helps the podcast and you get uh, free Gamefly rentals for a month, which is pretty sweet. And then on the network this week, I know Geekitude, they just posted, I think right before uh, we jumped on to record this, they were posting their new episode that was actually the review of Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I think was Ray and Joe. I don't think Rob was on that one, but he was on the prep episode last week. And then Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, they did a whole episode about true crime podcasts that was really interesting to listen to. Besides that, how uh, for Weekly Geekery, we might hold back a bunch of it and do a catch-up episode next week. But there were two things that I wanted to touch on because they tie in with our topic tonight. So one, and I'll go quick here, was Fortnite. Because I can't talk right. about online communities in 2018. <laughs> this is my mind. <laughs> what year is, is it? Oh, my God. Planning because of work. Like, that's where my head has to be. Sorry. Oh, no, I, compl- I get it. Um, with without talking about Fortnite. So the season five launched and it kind of made the real world tied into Fortnite. The real world is canon. And I think I mentioned this the other week, but like the, the time and space distortions, these riffs had like taken things out of Fortnite and they're now in the right. real world, which I thought was really cool. And by proxy, they took some things like quote unquote out of the real world and put them in the game, which I thought was really cool to do. Like what, what did they do? Because I am not connected with this at all. And you talking about it last week and then you talking about it now are the only times I've seen anything about this. So so, so they added, um, they revamped the map and they're constantly doing this unlike a PUBG or whatever that like, oh, we're going to introduce new maps. That is not Fortnite's right. plan. Fortnite's plan is to constantly, constantly update and within a season it's little iterations but then in between seasons it's major updates. So if you went on the last day of season 4 and the first day of season 5, the map is very different in certain areas. Oh, okay. So there's a giant desert area that takes up like the bottom right sixth of the map that never Hmm. existed before. They never had any desert in the game whatsoever. And there are new locations within that too that just didn't exist at all. And then Dusty Divot, which was the focus of season four, um, it used to be Dusty Depot. And then season Uh, four came and the meteor hit and it was this giant meteor that had been blasted out with like a government kind of like alien research conspiracy center built on top of it. And it had all these rocks you could pick up and consume and they would make you like jump really high with low gravity. Hmm. That is now completely overgrown with trees and brush and grass and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, So that's in the game. And then they also changed uh, a northern part of the map. They added a golf course and along with that they added golf carts and they added toys to the game which is something that didn't exist at all before so now you can use like basketballs and uh, the most pertinent here being golf balls there's an emote that you can do where your character will drop a golf ball hit it with their pickaxe and then it'll actually go and land in the world and you can walk up to it and then you can hit again so you can play a round of golf in the game if you want wow while you're you know building barricades and being shot at yeah, yeah, all that too. Um, they added golf carts, so it's the first real vehicle in the game. Mm. And the golf carts are cool. They can hold like four players, I think. But, I mean, it just tied in with the golf course that they added. Um, and then, you know, the other areas of the map, I don't know if I'm catching all of them, but the other one that sticks out in my mind is there was like one of the hills in the southwest portion of the map was just a big hill. And now it got a Viking village put on top of it with a giant Viking uh, ship. So Wow. Wow. It's just like the fact that they've revamped so much of it and there's just constant, constant updates for this game. Um, This is as much as like I go in and out with Fortnite, like we talked about the other week. um, Nobody has ever done games as a service the way that Fortnite is doing games as a service. And 
if I am going, I, I know it's inevitable. I know everybody's moving that direction, and no matter what, we can't stop it. So no. if we have to embrace games as a service, I want more people doing it the way that Fortnite does it so that I can actually engage with it and not get bored. And it's funny that you say that because uh, as MMO players for being online gamers like this, we essentially have been paying and playing games as a service for a long time with new content that changes over time and, and all of this. But Fortnite is an, an entirely new beast at it. Being able to change everything all the time and being willing to, that they're willing to take stuff out immediately and not put it back in. Every week there's a, a new weapon or a new objective or a new thing in the game in a way that like other people are like oh there's new stuff and it's skins you know or there's right. cosmetic something fortnite does that too but they also make meaningful changes maybe there's a new weapon maybe there's a new item maybe they took a couple things out because they misbalanced the last patch every week there's some like fairly major update if you looked at it in terms of any other game so i had to get that out about fortnite right. do you want to talk a little bit about uh final fantasy 14 because i know you had that on your list for the week i did and i have resubscribed to 14 and I did so because I got the email that my uh, free company house that I set up with my real life friends was about to fall down. And I'm not sure if you uh, in Final Fantasy ever got any real estate or paid that much attention to the way that the housing and apartments and real estate system works. But real estate is really at a premium that I know when Stormblood came out and they opened up a new apartment complex, like they crashed servers that people trying to get in get it so the fact that we have an entire house to our fc that we had saved up for uh back when uh, realm reborn first came out whatever patch it was that we played um i'm not going to let that fall that it was it was one of those achievements that we made as a group of friends that just all of us who worked together uh did this like actually we, we were we worked together at the at the learning center where i was and and we we did it and and we loved it and i'm not letting it fall down on top of if because if we did it, we would never get it back like housing is just too important in that game and it's so it's hilarious been... to me that virtual real estate is at a premium and i know that it yeah. is because like i've run into that in that game too but it's just funny they could just spin up more but they don't yeah because they have to make it a a desirable quantity and so they 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 keep it limited they keep it uh honestly too limited i understand not letting everyone have their own big space but it's it's too limited and i but I, i'm keeping it so while i've been on i am uh just kind of working through some of the stuff playing my red mage a little more and it's really cool because it was easy to fall back into i immediately did some of the the uh, first quests that i'd missed got into the new dungeon and it was fun it, it was like falling back into old habits that in the good way it was like riding a bike where okay i need to not stand in this or i need to move out of this and or oh no i stood in the fire again and uh i remembered how good the community is in 14 that just i went in i told them what the first time i came in i was like guys I'm, I'm new i came back and this is my first time in this dungeon just tell me what to do and they actually did there were there was no hard feelings no one made fun no one was like oh you messed this up whenever i did uh, and i certainly certainly did uh because there were some things i just hadn't seen before 
but we worked through it and I got a couple of commendations because I was the new guy. That doesn't happen in MMOs. It always surprises me when I get in Final Fantasy 14 and people are nice. And I, it's just such a change from the traditional kind of vitriolic uh, min-maxing, I suppose, the elitism that comes with some of the uh, the MMO communities that doesn't exist nearly as much and it's not nearly as pervasive in Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, so going back can, was pleasant. Well, I love that you can go back to it. And there have been interviews with the director of that game that he says he doesn't want everyone's life to be about that and only mm-hmm. that, like other MMOs have tried yes. to do in the past. He wants people to be able to come and go as they please. And that's how I treat that game. And it's probably one of the reasons that I have so much respect for Final Fantasy XIV and that the next time uh, a new expansion comes out, I'm going to resub. I'm going to finish out all the content they've added between, you know, the last time I played and the new yep. the new expansion and I'm going to buy the new expansion because they have that mindset. And I love that the director does say it. I mean, you're absolutely right. He he makes the game for people like you and me as well as people who want to play it super hardcore and have the ridiculously hard raids. They have that too, but it's also so casual friendly in the best way, where it's not pulling anything away from anyone else's sense of accomplishment. So I have to ask, why is World of Warcraft on your geekery? Because I may have resubscribed for three months and bought Battle for Azeroth this morning. This morning? This morning. Literally this morning. Because Discord and Twitter are talking so much about World of Warcraft and talking about how fantastic all of this stuff is. And today, as we record this, was the 8.0 patch where they came out with the... uh, the, It's the pre-patch for Battle for Azeroth that comes out in a few weeks. And I want to play with friends. I came out of the JRPG... Uh, I don't want to say JRPG funk, that JRPG uh, session that I was in, I beat seven full JRPGs and started a couple of others. And when and, and when my mom passed away, I finally realized, like, okay, I need to be around people. I need to push myself out of, you know, sitting on the couch with, with a handheld in front of my face. And right now, that means uh, online games where I want to be around people. And since pretty much everybody uh, is blasting about Battle for Azeroth right now and talk about how excited they are about it, they got me excited about it. So I, I decided to give in. I, I, I gave in, like I said, I bought it and, and resubscribed just to be able to make sure that I would play it. So I paid for a little bit more, kind of like I do with Final Fantasy XIV uh, most of the time. I didn't this time because it was just for the house. But So I'll spend the time in it for this content and be able to to play with some of my friends. And like I know that Joe from Geektitude is playing. Uh, I saw him on Discord this morning actually playing World of Warcraft, so I'm probably going to crash his party wherever he is because my old group of friends doesn't play where we used to play anymore. So I'm I'm looking for a place to play and a group to play with. So it's with everyone excited about it. Yeah, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to see what happens. And, uh, you know, maybe I always enjoy 
initial expansions when everyone is excited about it. And I feel like you on this one and that I don't want to miss out on this conversation. I want to be a part of this community as this patch comes, as this new expansion releases, and we all experience this together, playing with friends and being excited about it, because that's something that doesn't happen very often. And I haven't been a part of World of Warcraft's community when this happens for a long time. I have I missed like Stormblood when it came out and all of the others. So I'm excited to see a brand new expansion, what it looks like from the beginning again, because I, I have very fond memories of that in like uh, Burning Crusade and Wrath of the Lich King of people and friends of mine playing together when we have no idea what to expect. And I think it would take something astronomical to get me back into WoW at this point. I think after my last time back, I'm probably done with it unless something... I don't even know what it would need to be. I don't want to say never because there's always oh, a possibility, I'm... but it, it would take a big shift more than like a normal expansion pack to get me back into it. Oh yeah. And it's, I completely understand. I didn't think I was going to be back. And the biggest shift was seeing everyone wanting to play together. And I know that that is going to be good for my mental health. Well, and so the interesting thing for me is that I actually have been playing an MMO and I didn't right. really intend to. It's, I mean, we're in the middle of summer where nothing is releasing and we're slowly getting out of that like august is, is around the corner now and september comes and then we're flooded with games through the end of the year which is great i love that part of the year but like i was looking for something to play and like yep. i had done most of what i wanted to outside of like my persona 5 which i can i can go back and do that new game plus whenever i get to it i'm not in a rush um so a couple people in me on slack were have been talking about elder scrolls online because Ever since the E3 Bethesda presentation, like I had <laughs> written this game off such a long time ago because of the initial reaction. Yep, and me too. I had people tell me, and it's my bad for not listening to them because, like, shout out to Bell and Tam. Like, they talked me into trying this game that I had written off a long time ago. And they had been telling me for a while, like before this presentation even, that it's a good game and it's not what it used to be because of one Tamriel. And one Tamriel is what they did i don't even know how long ago but they got rid of all level restrictions like you would have in a typical mmo and they turned it into more of a elder scrolls game and less mm -hmm. of an mmo so yeah. you can do any piece of content at any time no matter what and it will always level scale to you so you can just go anywhere and do anything which that changes it like this is an elder scrolls game first which is weird because i thought it yes. was an mmo in the elder scrolls world it's not no I mean, it not. is. It's an MMO. It, well, but, it is, but... I mean, it's an Elder Scrolls game with MMO components, like, hooked into it. It's not MMO first, and then Elder Scrolls is a second thought. So I bought a month subscription, basically, because when you do, you get... Well, there's a little bit of an experience boost, but mostly because I wanted the unlimited crafting inventory because, mm. like, I the first thing I do in any Bethesda game is install mods to give me infinite inventory and no weight restrictions. This is as close as I can do to that in a live game. Um, so I did that. And, you know, like, the friends are out there still helping me get my head around this game, but I think I've got a pretty good handle on it. Like, I right. have a, a good yeah. feel for it at this point. I did have some friction running into, like, this game at first and getting started, you know? And maybe this is because I picked up all the expansion packs when I bought it because they were fairly cheap and I had a yep. good deal on Steam. It was during the summer sale. Mm -hmm. And so I started in Somerset, and that might have been a bad idea oh, because they you start, start you... that's right. You did start there. Yeah, I mean, that's the latest expansion that hasn't been out for very long. And they start you in Media Res, which I like. But usually if you start in Media Res for a game... 
then at some point you have to backtrack out and then give people more context and a little bit more exposition to like catch them up on the mm-hmm. world or the systems. And it never really does that. So I was constantly going into Slack and asking people, how does this work? Or why is this <laughs> doing this? Or like whatever. And it turns out that the best new p- player experience is probably Morrowind from what I it heard is. from my friends. That's where I started just recently in Morrowind. And it is, it is pretty easy to go in actually like the Morrowind experience better than the base game experience. So what we were talking about, and one of the reasons I gave this a shot, is that based on the way Bethesda reports their numbers and the numbers that they threw out at that press conference, this might possibly be the biggest MMO on the market right now. Secretly, quietly, they don't advertise it that way. But when you do the math behind it, like this might actually be the dominant MMO. It's just not really pushed that way. It's not advertised that way. And I don't know. I, I like this game a lot and I'm treating it basically like a single player game. I'm not treating it like an MMO. I'm picking my own goals and I'm just going for them. So stealing is a lot of fun, just like yeah. in other Elder Scrolls games. I love being a thief in these games and it is not different here. If anything, it's more fun because I can't save scum my way to success as a thief. I actually have to live with the consequences of my actions. There was one time where I tried to outrun the law and that did not go well, but that was a fun experience. Um, I, I want to play through the Thieves Guild quest. I want to play through the Dark Brotherhood quest line. Those were added as like DLC packs. Yep. Um, right now I beat Somerset and then I went back and I started the main quest and I went a couple quests into that. So like the old original very base game main quest mm-hmm. and it's okay, but main quest and Elder Scrolls games never really click with me. So I think I might kind of step away from it and go do the Thieves Guild, do the Dark Brotherhood and see what it has to offer. So one of the interesting things with it is that expansion packs are different than DLC for this game. Yes. And, and it's weird. It takes a long time to wrap my head around what exactly was going on. Yes. So if you have an active subscription, you have full access all the time to all of the DLC. And the yes. DLC is like entire zones of content that they built after the game was launched. So for example, the Thieves Guild is based around one zone where they built out like the whole Thieves Guild storyline. And there's Thieves Guild dotted throughout the whole rest of the world. It's always been part of it. But if you want like the main thrust of that story, it's a DLC pack and it's a whole zone that's based around it. Same thing for Dark Brotherhood. Same thing for what's the latest one? Werewolves, I think they added. I don't I don't know. I don't remember the werewolves. I remember there's one that's Clockwork City. Yep. And there's and actually Morrowind is now considered a DLC, which is confusing because it was actually one of the expansion chapters and now it's moved into the DLC packs. So the easiest way to do it is to just buy the game and then get a subscription and then not really worry about it because you can mm-hmm. get everywhere you want essentially but I, I like this game like this is what i've been playing for the last week and a half and it's real every, good like every time i have free time i i mean to get to octopath like i've owned it mm-hmm. since last friday i haven't touched that game i haven't booted up my switch i've been going and playing eso every single night and like the the level scaling goes so far to make it feel like an elder scrolls game I like picking my own goals. I like treating it the same way that I would a single-player Elder Scrolls game. Um, There's just so much in here for me to enjoy. And I can tell I'm going to run into the normal thing that I do with every Bethesda game and with every MMO, and this is both together, so it doesn't surprise me. But I'm going to hit the point of where, like, I feel like I've seen most of what the game has to offer, and then I'm going to wean myself off of it and step away. Yes. And then... 
the thing is, I can see myself returning to this game in the future. As they add more, as there's a new expansion pack, as I just feel the urge to return to a Bethesda live game, like, I'm probably going to be with this game for another week or two. Like, I'm pretty good at judging that in myself. And then I'll step away for a while, and then uh, I'll come back in six months or a year or two years, and that's fine. But either way, I'm so glad to have found a game that I enjoy so much that is as good as it is. And it's way better than it was at the beginning, too. I mean, you coming back now is really when the game is at its best. I actually picked it up on PS4. I'd bought it a long time ago on PC and just kind of installed it, played it a little bit, and, you know, bounced in and out of it. But I recently bought it on PS4 because they had their mid-year sale, and it was $10. So I decided to go ahead and buy it on there because I really wanted to just sit on my couch and use a controller. And I honestly am one of the few people who think it's better on the ps4 than it is on the pc and i know you don't you don't feel that way and i no, know I that 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 uh, i can't remember i honestly can't remember if it was braxwell for belgast who who told me that uh that i was basically a heretic for that and that they were uh that they were disappointed in me but it's it was just i don't know what it is it just feels better on the ps4 for me because it feels more like a single player game which is what i'm playing it as like you i haven't really interacted with any people in it yet and that's fine but i have had a great time just going around like you said i've i've enjoyed exploring setting my own goals not even worrying too much about the story just whatever comes up i found a couple of those little delves that are mini dungeons that you just wander across wander across and it's it's been fun it's it's a good game and like i said i've been treating it like a single player elder scrolls game that has a really cool party finder attached to it honestly like every day i'm going in there and playing like my single player like this is what i want to be doing but i'll queue up for like the daily dungeon finder and i'll queue up once for the daily battleground to get the rewards but every time i go into those i have fun in them so that's a good sign that is a good sign because you're not a pvp guy no no, but I mean, they're fun to do just once a day. I don't really want more than that. I want to dig yeah. into the single player content and the story and the cool storylines. And I want to go and break into people's houses and steal a bunch of their valuables. <laughs> That's what I have fun with in these games. That's and, and you can do all of it, that they've really made this an Elder Scrolls game. It's a watered down Elder Scrolls game because it has to be an MMO as well. But it's still way faster turnaround on any content on a Bethesda Elder Scrolls game that you're going to get. Yeah, it's it's cool. And they have plenty of space on the map to keep building DLC and zones and stuff, too. So I'll probably have an update next week on where I'm at with it. Maybe I'll have tried Octopath by then if I ever wean myself off Elder Scrolls. I know I will. I know I'll slow down on it. I'm just not there yet. Last thing before we sign off for the night, you did the legwork on it, so you should probably talk about it. So we finally decided that we needed to do something about the podcast, not making us a living. <laughs> no, uh, but no, not exactly. No, no. We've been wanting to do this for a while, and it's been us um, not having time to do it. So I finally sat down and, and like you said, did the leg leg work and and put it together and we now have a patreon we are are set up to be able to offer you a few things we're working on it this is still definitely a work in progress but uh, while we do the audible and gamefly thing uh, we figure this is a good week to talk about it because patreon is about people it really is about interacting with your community in new and different ways and so we wanted to put something out there where we could you know both get support from you guys and give you 
something else that you may want from us. So uh, you can go to patreon.com slash geek to geekcast and check it out. Uh, throw a dollar our way if you would like. Uh, we, we have a Discord role for you on there. If you would like to be a patron saint of geekery, uh, I would love for you to do that. Um, just that kind of thing right now. We have other rewards in the works uh, for different levels. Um, we have on there where you can uh, tell us topics to talk about on the podcast or you know you can just straight up buy an ad on the podcast if you would like to as a patron so you know what why not i always said if i had the opportunity to sell out i would take it so here we go um, <laughs> you're but not doing just, this very good no we're not selling out okay here's here's the honest truth goal number one with this is to get to zero dollars because right yes, now, it really this podcast is. costs us money, and that's fine. We're going to keep doing it no matter what. If you guys don't put some money our way on Patreon, nothing is going to change for you. Don't worry it about that. Absolutely not content. change anything at all. Um, I want to get to $0 before anything instead of negative dollars. And then after we hit $0, we're going to talk about like what we can do above and beyond in terms of content creation and just community growing and things like that. Um. It is not to make a living. That that's not what we're doing. If no, we have our full time jobs. That yeah. was a joke. Yeah, no. It that's that's the goal is to just like get a little money so it's not costing us anything to do the podcast every week. And then as soon as we get anything beyond that, that money goes to fund the efforts of like building the community and giving more content your way. Um, so that's that's the overall goal is like if there's a little bit of money in there, we can have a really good excuse to expand what we're offering, which is great. And so you can go in there. You can check it out if you would like um, at, like I said, patreon.com slash geek to geekcast and uh, tell your friends, obviously. But if you have any ideas for anything that you would like that you think would be a good reward, anything like that that you would like to see us offer that we can talk about and really see how feasible that is, throw it our way. I mean, you know how to get in touch with us. It's everywhere. Um, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But we do want to know what you want out of this. We want to know where, uh, what we can do to better serve you guys. Because in the end, we do this because we want to to talk to you and talk with you more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, the whole idea behind this podcast, besides giving you and me a chance to talk every week, which is honestly, that's the core of it. But the next step beyond that was why we named it the geek to podcast we want to grow a community of connecting geeks with other geeks you know whatever you happen to geek out about and if you're listening if you're one of i know how many people listen every week on average there's a decent number of you out there we just want to keep building that community and connecting people and you know bringing in other podcasts and you know maybe streamers in the future or bloggers as part of our network um we just want to grow it we want to grow a really tight-knit community that is fun to interact with and get along with. Um, and that's yeah. kind of the goal. You know, we don't have, we're not trying to add X number of podcasts this year or this many blogs. Like it's whenever something makes sense, we'll add it to the network or we'll change things around. We just want to have a community that we enjoy interacting with. And I think we've done that so far. Yeah, I really think we have. And we just want to make it bigger. And my goal, one of those unspoken goals in community building is I want for two people to meet on our network and get married. And that is what I want. I want two people within the community who don't know each other to meet because of this podcast and get married. And I know that is ridiculous, but it's one of those things. It's like for me, that is the that is the like bringing people together like watermark. It's like that is that is what you strive for. So you guys 
you can go to patreon.com slash geek to geek cast and fall in love <laughs> okay you heard them guys meet each other and get married um that's probably <laughs> it for this week you can write to us with comments suggestions or feedback our email address is geek to geek cast at gmail.com or reach us on twitter at geek to geek cast we also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek to geek cast and we also have good discussions on slack and discord so if you have a discord account already go to discord.geek2geekcast.com to join our server you can also sign up for an account there and if you use slack at work so do we or well i do and go to slack.geek2geekcast.com for an invite and you know as always, we're part of a podcast network, so head over to just geek2geekcast.com to see all of our shows. I blog sometimes at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom, that's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beege, that's Beege with two E's, and I relaunched my blog at professorbeege.com this week, so go there, tell me you love me. Prepping for bloggist, good job. Prepping for bloggist, that is what it is. Yep, we've been Void and Beege with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, geeks. Go get married. Go get married. Fall in love. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.